Today on Locked On Ducks Hockey, the San Diego Goals play three games and get their first three wins in 2020. Join me on today's Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, everyone. It's Friday. Welcome to Locked On Ducks. I'm your humble host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, joining you live from the home of the 2020 AHL All-Star Game, Toyota Arena in Ontario, California. The stars of the American Hockey League will descend upon this crown jewel of the Inland Empire in nine short days. We have some special shows planned revolving around the midseason classic, so keep an eye out for that and stay locked in. We typically have our variant of the Ducks podcast on Thursday, but as you guys may have noticed, there was no show yesterday. If you followed the Twitter, I had no power last night. When I got home, there was no power. It was pitch black and still didn't have it this morning. And if you hear any background noise, I'm at Toyota Center. or sorry, Toyota Arena right now. Toyota Center is in Houston. And before I get into the show, you can hear this podcast or any of the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Or try asking Siri, hey Siri, play the Locked On Ducks podcast and see if that works. Or try looking manually on Apple or Google Podcasts. If you're hearing this already, be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. And let's get right into it. The San Diego Goals played three games over the past six days. All of them were wins. Their first wins in January of 2020. They had previously lost their last three games. So now we go into last week and we'll start off with the Friday game against the Stockton Heat. Or I beg your pardon, I guess the Iowa Wild was a game they played on Friday, January 10th. And that came on the heels of a loss on Wednesday the 8th, which I covered last time. Uh, on this game, it would be a pretty even match for the first uh, maybe 20 minutes of the game. Anthony Stolarz would start in net for the goals once again. And Matt Robson would get a second consecutive start for the Iowa Wild. And we picked this up right away in the first period where Iowa picked up where they left off. Gerald Mayhew got a power play goal, his 24th of the season, among the top five in goals scored in the American Hockey League, with the assist going to Rowe and Honest to make it a one nothing Wild. Then with about three minutes left, Connor Duar got his fifth of the season to make it 2 nothing, And right away, San Diego got themselves in a bit of penalty problems. Mayhew's goal was a power play goal, and uncharacteristically, San Diego allowed a power play goal. However, in the second period, Sam Carrick, the goal's captain, would score his 14th of the season three minutes into the second to make it 2-1. Then Chris Mueller, who had just returned to San Diego, he scored a power play goal of his own, his 12th of the season, to tie it up at two goals apiece. And that power play goal came on a five-on-three where Gerald Mayhew got a high sticking, and then JT Brown got a delay of game for sailing the puck over the glass. So it was a very easy five-on-three power play goal. And it was really a tic-tac-toe play from Chris Weidman to Josh Mahura to Chris Mueller. Very easy goal there, tying it at two. Then we go into the third period. Only 17 seconds into the third period, Sam Carrick had a blistering shot on the pass from Josh Mahura to give the goals a 1-0 lead. However, 5 minutes and 11 seconds after that, Sam Anas would get his 12th of the season to tie it at 3, and that would be the score going into overtime. And really, San Diego has had a lot of overtime and shootout games as of recent. 
and I jokingly say this every time I go over there, they seem to go into overtime or a shootout. In this case, only 46 seconds into the first overtime, Josh Mahura would score the game-winning goal, his second in San Diego, to give the goals a 4-3 victory in overtime over the Iowa Wild and propelling them to a start of a winning streak. They had their first win of the 2020 calendar year already January 10th. And as far as the stats go, San Diego 1-4-5 on the power play. Iowa 1-4-3. San Diego managed to outshoot Iowa this time 34-24. They got 10 in the first, 9 in the second, 14 in the third. And the third period was where San Diego was really pressing with their forecheck. Rather, the forecheck was getting a lot stronger, and that's attributed to many of those goals players that had experience in Anaheim earlier this season. And Sam Carrick being that steady leader once again, scoring two goals on that game. And that was the Friday, January 10th game. I'm going to skip ahead to the Wednesday game. And that took place on Wednesday, January 15th. The reason I'm skipping over that is because there will be a full segment for Saturday's game on the next segment. Two nights ago, San Diego played the Stockton Heat, and this was at Stockton Arena. The Heat are second in the division, and of course, first place in the Pacific, the best record in the entire league, goes to the Tucson Roadrunners. Right away in that first period, San Diego was back to their antics, I guess you could say, as Kiefer Sherwood scored a shorthanded goal. San Diego has a penchant for scoring shorties all season long. Um, they got themselves in a bit of trouble when Blake Piedela got penalized for high sticking and off a steal. Yes, this was another one of those classic San Diego shorthanded goals. They press on the forecheck, you know, go blue line to blue line. And what do you know? It was, I believe, Zach Leslie. Yeah, the former rain player, Zach Leslie, who just completely turns the puck over and pretty much handed it right to Simon Benoit. Benoit then passed it off to Kiefer Sherwood, who's now back. And he scored a shorty to make it one nothing San Diego. And I'll give some special team stats in the second part of the show. Second period, Mason Morelli scores his third for the Stockton Heat to make it a 1-1 tie. However, later on in the second period with about 11.40 remaining, Troy Terry from the point passed it off to Brent Gates Jr. And Brent Gates Jr. had what I can call a very hard shot. You know, the goals did crash the net at the time, but Brent Gates would get his third of the season. Very young player, by the way, Brent Gates. That makes it a 2-1 to one goals score, and it would remain that way for most of the game. The first period, Stockton outshot San Diego 11-4, to four, and one of those shots for San Diego was the shorthanded goal. And in the second period, Stockton outshot San Diego 14-9. So at the time, it was a 25-13 to 13 advantage for the Stockton Heat. And they would continue pummeling the net, outshooting San Diego 12-8. to eight. However, most of those shots came towards the final five minutes of the contest. Only one p- penalty on that one. Brandon Davidson was for boarding, but that was pretty much it. In the third period, San Diego just pretty much played on their heels the whole time. How they managed eight shots, they were not high-quality shots. San Diego was playing to protect their lead for most of the third period. Not too much as far as the offense goes, but their defense really pulled through on that one. And you got to give credits to Yanni Hockenpah, who had a couple of key blocks in the third period. Same with Chris Weidman and the former duck, Brendan Gooley, and another former duck from this season, Josh Mahura. 
So you see some of these players coming back to San Diego, having the experience in Anaheim. Of course, that's attributed to the fact that Anaheim has been very shorthanded most of the season. They've gone through several injuries in this 2019-2020 campaign. And going forward later on in the third period, you know, Stockton just kept pressing and pressing, and they eventually pulled their goalie. You know, John Gillies had a decent game. You know, he only allowed two goals, but they pulled the goalie with about a minute 45 left and just could not get a goal. Kiefer Sherwood would just get a loose puck and sail it down. That would be his ninth of the season, his second of the game on an empty netter to make it 3-1 San Diego. And with just over a second left, Alex Broadhurst would get another empty netter to give it a 4-1 to game, and that would be the final score. 4-1 San Diego at Stockton. Alex Broadhurst with the empty netter there, his fifth of the season, and that would be San Diego's third consecutive win. Yes, I am foreshadowing here. And coming up after the first intermission, we'll talk about the game down at Pachanga Arena where... The San Diego goals pretty much pummeled the Ontario rain. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And as I alluded to, I skipped over a game for reasons. Talking about the Ontario rain at the San Diego goals game that took place on Saturday, January 11th, 2020, year of our Lord. And really, Ontario was trying to pray to someone because they've given up a ton of goals. I'll talk about their rain stats in a moment. And we'll get right into the game. It was Volalta. Yeah, Matt Volalta started for the rain, not Cal Peterson. I'll explain that in a second as well. And it was Kevin Boyle. Boyle beginning to start some games for San Diego, more so recently as he has been improving on his overall lateral movement. And picking up right in the first period, 22 seconds into the game, uh, Brent Gates, he went stick side on Volalta and beat him to make it one nothing San Diego and give a great assist on that one to the captain, Sam Carrick. And really, only a minute after that, Marty Furk, yeah, the Reigns star player, really, the Reigns only star player, Marty Furk, he had a fantastic breakaway and drew a penalty from Yanni Hockenpah, which drew a penalty shot. And on that penalty shot, that was one of the nicest shots I've ever seen, where Marty Furk opens up Boyle on a very slight fake to his right, and he went five-hole on Boyle to tie it up at one goal apiece, only a minute 27 into the game. Later on, a couple of big saves by Kevin Boyle, one on Lance Boma, another one on Amama, and Again, 15.08 left in the first period, and Sam Carrick was caught tripping. So there was a couple decent chances for the rain power play, but there was nothing on those two minutes. And I'm going to say this about the rain power play right now. There is absolutely no movement on the rain power play. They are not moving the puck laterally. They're not moving it side to side. And to be quite honest, it is stagnant at times for the rain. This is just being honest here. And really... The couple of shots that the Rain had, they garnered no rebounds. They were shots on the blue line, easily saved by Boyle. So, I mean, I have to credit the goals for allowing some tough shots for the Rain, but the Rain power play has been awful all season long. And later on, the San Diego power play was getting a lot of shots. And that first power play unit for San Diego, uh, you know, Sam Carrick is leading that second line, rather, 
that's pretty much the most impressive line as far as the power play goals because you have Sam Carrick leading the way. You have Antoine Morand there. Kiefer Sherwood is on the other wing. And Troy Terry, yes, the Troy Terry. Yeah, I, I said the Troy Terry as if he's that famous. And Chris Weidman. That's a pretty dangerous second power play unit. And during that power play for the goals, Gabriel Velarde, he got away with an obvious hook, which drew the ire of the fans at Pachanga Arena. And later on, it was a two-on-one break with Boma, but a massive stop by Kevin Boyle preserved the, the score at the time. Then with 4.09 remaining in the period, Shory Terry weaved his way through the defense. Ontario just let him have that lane, and he found himself open down the middle. Top corner shot to make it 2-1 to San Diego. Later on in that period, Kiefer Sherwood, he had a shorthanded breakaway as Ontario would draw two penalties. So it was a five on three. And a shorthanded breakaway would not go through as another massive stop by Valalta. Ferk got away with a couple of punches and the ref saw the retaliation. So Lance Buma got four minutes for cross-checking and roughing, having to serve both of those. So San Diego would go on a couple of power plays and did nothing on that one. They had some decent shots on the power play, but nothing went through. Uh, Ontario had a short-handed opportunity only a minute in, but Mikey Isimont, he rang one off the post that could have tied the game. With 16.46 left in the second period, Sam Carrick, this is one of the worst possible goals for Ontario to have all season long. So I'll play it out for you. Chris Weidman, (laughs) sorry, sorry, Blake Pietola, Passed it down just to try to clear the puck. And this was a shorthanded opportunity for the goals, by the way, because Chris Weidman got a penalty for roughing. So Blake Pietola just kind of played it down just to try to clear it. And it was played somehow. Um, Villalta tried to play the puck, but he just completely whiffed on it. So he went back to his own net. Hockenpah then picked it up and passed it down to Sam Carrick behind the net. Sam Carrick was on the... on the red line and Sam Carrick decided to try to do something with it he shot it towards the goal it bounced off Valalta's back and trickled in I don't know if I want to call that a brilliant goal by Sam Carrick or just really horrible luck by the rain I'm going to go with horrible luck by the rain because to let a goal get scored off you off your back that's a little bit embarrassing for Ontario. That made it 3-1 to one San Diego. And I could hear the rain fans. They're all groaning. I hear you guys, okay? Eight minutes left into the second period. Another goal's score, this time by Brendan Gooley from a p- very patient Troy Terry who waited for an eternity on the right side. Once Terry received the pass from Chris Mueller, he waited for the defense to open up for about 10 seconds, found a perfect lane for Gooley, and he popped the bottle on the top right side to make it 4-1 to one San Diego. And Ontario didn't get many clean passes. In fact, through the neutral zone, they just kept seemingly passing it towards their goal's counterparts, and their shots were not high danger at all. And the third period was pretty much more of the same. Uh, the Ontario power play pretty much did nothing the only thing was Velarde had one off the post but for Ontario's six power plays they didn't put up many shots in fact their final two power plays of this third period they put up zero shots on goal that is it's not good for the rain if they can't get any shots on goal in any of their power plays that's how bad it was so with about 
13 minutes left in the third period. Another goal for San Diego. This time it was Justin Kloos that found the puck in the slot and just fired away at the open net to make it 5-1. And Yanni Hockenpah and Blake Pietilov with the assist on that one. And San Diego pretty much had most of the puck control during the third period. And several rain shots came from the blue line or near the blue line. That was it. With about five minutes left, Antoine Morand beat the defense and scored glove side to make it 6-1. to one. That would be the final score on that one. 6-1, to one, San Diego won that game at Ontario. And some weird stats for the San Diego goals and the Ontario reign. San Diego is fifth in the American Hockey League with an 85% penalty kill. League average is about 82.5. The Ontario reign... They are dead last in the penalty kill with about a 76.5% penalty kill rate. They're allowing pretty much one goal every four power plays. Last in the league, that is not going to do it. And speaking of special teams, I want to throw out this stat for you guys. San Diego, they are leading the league in short-handed goals. I talked about the shorty for Sam Carrick, and they scored another short-handed goal on Wednesday. That one from Kiefer Sherwood. San Diego has 12, count them, 12 shorthanded goals on the season. By far, yeah, they're leading the league. And they're playing less games than everyone else. They have 12 shorties in 34 games. And really, the Belleville Senators, they have 10 shorthanded goals in 40 games. And the P Bruins have 11 in 40 games. So when you talk about shorthanded goals, San Diego simply knows how to put it away. Going more into that game... I talked about this briefly, that San Diego did a very good job, probably one of their best promotions they've ever done. It was 80s night in San Diego. They wore 80s-inspired jerseys. They had neon pink, neon blue. My favorite thing about it, they had a Rubik's Cube. A Rubik's Cube on the shoulder patch for the San Diego goals. They did a fantastic job with it. And in fact, I will share with you some audio on my conversation with Sarah Avampado, from Jules from the Crown, and I'll have you listen to this part of the interview right now. So the jerseys. <laughs> I'll I'll let you give your thought on the jersey first, and then I'll talk. <laughs> so the San Diego Gulls and I will, I, I said earlier this year on the show that my New Year's resolution is actually to tweet the things that I say during a show. Hey, I'm going to tweet a link out, so like go look at the Twitter. I will tweet the link of the pictures out of these jerseys because they're so good. Um, you know, I, I don't like having to say nice things about the Gulls. It kind of hurts me. But their jerseys for this 80s night thing that they did were just like the most amazing like neon monstrosities that i have ever seen and like i want them like they they're they're so good my favorite part is there's a rubik's cube patch on the shoulder which is like the greatest little like detail that they put on there so that you know i i I love the minor league teams do such a great job with these like one-off special theme night jerseys and they actually wear them um Mm -hmm. and so this one was super fun i was really excited when you sent me the link to those pictures of of the gulls jerseys (laughs) because it was definitely the best thing about that game um particularly given how poorly the the rain did (laughs) See, I, I cover the goals on the Locked On Podcast Network. So <laughs> so I was pretty happy with how that turned out. But it was such a fun night last night at Pachanga Arena. They had a whole, I guess, tailgate party beforehand. They had, they had the jersey out there 
so fans could get up close and see what the jersey looked like. And my God, they were great. The crest on front, you know, neon pink, neon blue with a little gradient on the goal's word mark. But that Rubik's Cube shoulder patch, a lot of people loved it. Now, here's how much people loved the the shoulder patch for that. They were kind of like just taking pictures of the patch itself. And the goals got into it so much that they invited a speed cuber to the game to be on the Jumbotron. And I didn't know this until afterwards. So, you know, on the Jumbotron, how they'll they'll pan across the crowd and they'll get the crowd reaction and all that stuff. You know, the, the usual stuff. And it was hard last night because it was a near sold out crowd. It was packed at Pachanga last night. They had about 10,000 last night. That's amazing. In my- yeah, my, okay, think about this. Minor league hockey, 10,000 fans. That's ridiculous. I mean, kudos to the goals for promoting the hell out of this. They had, you know, the outfits for the cheerleaders. Gulliver, he was dressed up in that outfit. They had a DeLorean in the parking lot that yes. fans get pictures with. Yes, they had a DeLorean. <laughs> I kid you not. The goals are so good. It hurts to say this, but like, that's so good. <laughs> It is. They did a perfect job promoting this and putting everything together. Um, you know, oh, and the fans. I have to give a lot of credit to the goals fans because about half the crowd was dressed up in 80s gear. I saw a bunch of old T-shirts. Um, there was a, a lot of old MTV shirts out, a lot of old band shirts. A lot of Rush was played last night, which I will always appreciate. Um, there was not one song played last night that was not from the 80s except for one which is the goals you know goal song that was the only song that played last night that was not from the 80s but everything else was pretty much done perfectly and you know the jerseys themselves went for a lot of money you know they always auctioned them off and they they went for a ton last night the fans were all into it and you could have bought the jerseys i mean they had a few authentic ones out there for a lot of money But there was other 80s gear that they had sold out. So it was just a fun night altogether. More teams should do this. And I do have to share this one brief thing. Uh, Sam Carrick had a really great quote after the game where, you know, he talked about the fact that he wasn't even born in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) I was definitely just thinking that, like, how many guys on either of these teams were even alive uh the answer would be none (laughs) maybe marty firk and that's about it no marty firk was he born in the 80s or the 90s i think he was born in the 90s yeah brett sutter brett sutter was 87 so brett sutter is the only player (laughs) on both sides that was born in the 80s (laughs) but sam carrick just kind of laughed about it last night saying yeah i wasn't born in the 80s but i I always loved the music and I love the fans dressing up and all that stuff. And these look pretty slick. Um, But that wasn't the only thing he laughed about. I mean, there was another thing that Carrick laughed about, which I'll talk about on Thursday on Locked on Ducks. Ooh, nice. Which which has to do with something that he told me the previous week. (laughs) Oh, no, we we have fun down in San Diego. It's it's a lot of fun. Once again, thanks to Sarah Avampado for joining on that one. You know, DeLorean in the parking lot, the awesome jerseys, the fanny pack giveaway. They did a good job in San Diego. I'll admit it right now. 
As for some post-game quotes, there was a very funny post-game quote by Sam Carrick saying that, you know, he wasn't even born in the 80s. What are you talking about? But the other post-game quote that I thought was hilarious from Sam Carrick was the previous Saturday, Sam Carrick joked to the press about saying, oh, I should have had that shorthanded goal. Yeah, Carrick got the shorty this time, but he said this one was more satisfying and it was a very fluky goal. If you can bounce it off the goalie's back, I think that's more than fluky. So Sam Carrick kind of looked around and said, yeah, I got that, Shorty. <laughs> and another kind of fun quote from Anthony Stolarz, talking about the All-Star game. We are, we are here in Toyota Arena. So Stolarz had a great All-Star quote where he was excited for his second All-Star game, his first one since being at Lehigh Valley. And he said there's a little bit something extra to it, seeing that the All-Star game was going to be here in Ontario, their greatest rival. And I did ask Stolarz this question because no one asked him about this in recent. You know, I asked him about his gritty mask, his famed gritty mask when he played in Philadelphia. And apparently he said he sold the mask to a buddy of his for not much money. And apparently his buddy has a whole gritty outfit, gritty clothes, gritty. All he needed was that mask. All he needed was the mask. And once he got it, that completed the collection. (laughs) So I thought that was a very funny, candid quote from the goals netminder, Anthony Stolarz. So that is the goals report for this week, or the variant Locked on Goals. That'll do it for today's show. You can download today's podcast or any of the previous few episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, please make sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. Yes, you're going to see some hockey tweets, but you're going to see some game show tweets once in a while, too, since I talked about the Jeopardy GOAT tournament recently. Yeah, that's how bad the Ducks have been doing. Me having to talk about the Jeopardy GOAT tournament And I'll just come out and say this. Congratulations, Ken Jennings. Maybe I'll talk more about that tomorrow. And I'll also talk more about the American Hockey League All-Star Game on tomorrow's podcast and review the Ducks games at Nashville and at Carolina. I want to thank everyone for listening. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Again, this show would not be possible without everyone listening. And if you know any Ducks fans and they might want to be interested in hearing a daily podcast about their favorite team, let them know. Tell them about Locked on Ducks. And if you want to chat hockey with me, you can hit me up on Twitter or email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And once again, I want to thank the one and only Sarah Avampado from Jules from the Crown and Locked on Kings for that little bit of conversation about Saturday's game at Pechanga Arena. For Locked on Goals, <laughs> I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. I'll see you at the rink and stay classy, San Diego. Stay classy, San Diego.